Welcome back to another episode of Small Town Big Takes. It's NFL Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, the best day of the week. Recapping on some big games and looking ahead in some primetime games upcoming. It's episode 34. Don't act surprised now. Joe, take us in. Yeah, well, don't act surprised. The small town big takes, lock of the week hit. The Eagles won and covered at home. No surprises. Um, you know, they came into the second half, scored on their first two possessions, and to me, that's really when they put the game away. Um, Dak Prescott played well, but not as well as Jalen Hurts. He had a better passer rating. Dallas fans, enough said, better passer rating. That's your overall quarterback grade for the game. Hertz was 17 for 23 with 207 yards, another 36 on the ground with two passing TDs and a rushing TD. And the best wide receiver duo both find ways to get into the end zone. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith score. Dallas Goddard unfortunately goes down with a fractured forearm. But he's only expected to miss four games. It'll be okay. We're going to get him back when it matters the most. And, you know, Chase... Oftentimes, you know, you want that buy later in the season, but I don't think it could have come, could have came at a better time for the Eagles than right now. Yeah, and I agree. And this this happened last year to Goddard. He got injured and was put on the IR uh, around the same time last year. Came back the, like the last two three games, uh, and then was fully healthy for the playoffs. So I'm just glad it happened now. It didn't happen um, when we play Dallas next, because um, then it'll probably cut into the playoffs. So. Sucks for it to happen, but at this time, moving forward, I'm happy that it happened now than later in the season. And again, like I said, it happened uh, around the same time last year. My only problem with the Eagles um, is their secondary right now. They just look lost. I mean, making having Dak throw for over 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, um, I feel like it's embarrassing because of the quarterback Dak Prescott is, and you look at a team like the Arizona Cardinals, um, and the 49ers who just completely shut him down and made him look like a four-year-old out there uh, on the on the line. Um, so that's my only concern moving forward with the Eagles. Can the secondary step up? Uh, you know, you have the all-pro in Kevin Byard, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, but they're not playing up to the all-pro levels. Um, that's my only concern moving forward. Um, but again, this bye week hopefully is going to you know, improve that chemistry even more, just kind of mesh well together and see if they can finally put it together on the secondary side of things because this linebacker core that we thought was weak, when Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow, they're they're looking good out there, and this D-line always finds a way, no matter what. They always find a way. Yeah, Chase, that D-line is why I'm so concerned with the secondary because it's not like these quarterbacks have all day to pass and – you know, receivers are just getting open after five seconds. Like, the D-line is getting pressure, and the secondary is still not locking things down, and I'm really worried about I think Bayer to pull it together. He's just adjusting, but Slay and Bradbury are scaring me. Bradbury's let up way too many touchdowns, and Slay, it looks, unfortunately, like his age is starting to show a little bit. And then the rookies, I, I mean, you're throwing them into a bonfire, just throwing a rookie out on an island on CD Lamb, but... yeah. Josh Job, Eli Ricks, these guys, Kaylee Ringo's not really playing. I kind of had higher hopes. I thought we were a little deeper in the secondary, and we're not. Sidney Brown, another. He had a bad game. Um, but, you know, Reed Blankenship, Kevin Byard, got full faith in, and I do think Slay will bounce back and 
with Slay bouncing back, I think it'll take some pressure off Bradbury. But Bradbury's not playing up to his standard at all. No. Um, I do like Eli Rex, though. Um, for a young corner, undrafted rookie, I think he's playing as good as he can right now. And I agree. And a little experience. He's, yeah, like, I think covering he's covering CD in the ceiling. slot. Yeah, like covering CD in the slot is no easy task. And just to throw him on there, like he's been doing it against top receivers, is to me, it's a little too much to ask for, you know, when you're playing a big game like this. But I think he stepped up to the occasion. Yes, he got beat a couple times. But, you know, but overall, he wasn't burnt toast like Josh Job or like I'm looking at Mario Goodrich in the slot last year. So uh, I am happy with Eli Ricks' play as, you know, being an undrafted free agent. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing with Ricks. They said hard worker, great at the podium, accountable, coaches, player, first one in, last one out. But just his physical attributes, are he's a little slow, a little small. But And that's just, th- yeah. You know who I compare him to? Like a James Bradbury. I think his comparison could be Bradbury. You see his arm length. You see how he plays on the ball. I think he can make it up for his length and for his just ball hawking ability. Bricks? Yeah. Yeah, he is 6'2", so I do like him for, you know, matching up with guys like Metcalf and Lamb's a bigger receiver. Yeah. And Bradbury, that's a good comparison because he's, he's a bigger corner as well. I had never thought to compare those two, Chase. That is a good one by you. Yeah, but so. um, another thing I want to bring up is that Brian Johnson's been receiving a lot of hate. Um, a little bit of hate from you, Chase, and I get it. It's not the prettiest. He does make some head-scratching decisions. In my opinion, he doesn't run the ball enough. But numbers will never lie. And nine games into this year versus nine games into last year, the Philadelphia Eagles have more points scored this year without the magnificent Shane Steichen. So, you know, we're passing more. We definitely switched up our identity. But with the Hurts knee injury, I'm okay with, you know, having more of an air attack, especially when you have, in my opinion, the best wide receiver duo now in the league. Yeah, I understand it. But there are questionable times when you're wondering, you know, for instance, in the Dallas game, you know you have the fourth and one unlock. You know you can run the brotherly brotherly shove every single time on fourth and one and pretty much get it every single time. And he's throwing a third and six, and he calls a deep route, like a deep streak down the field. And there's just a couple other questionable play calls um, that I don't, I'm not a fan of. I just – the team can run the ball. And no I doubt. Think, and Best I think, offensive line in football. Exactly. And I think when you get a little away from running the ball, it affects you in the passing game. Now, right now, Jalen Hurts has not – there's no effect. And I think with great quarterbacks, there's not going to be a lot of effect. But when you play very good teams, there's going to be effects to that, you know. Um, so I think he just needs to realize, like, hey, I have DeAndre Swift. He should be getting above 80-plus yards a game because that's how good the run game is. Yeah, I really think we saw what you're talking about come true against the Jets. We got down early, we got away from the run, and it was just too much on Jalen Hurts against a good defense, and he had one of his worst games as a pro. The run definitely takes pressure off a quarterback, and I also think you could also... I'm I'm giving Johnson the benefit of the doubt, but I do also kind of put Hurts' knee injury on him a little bit, just because to start out the year, he was way too many design runs for Hurts, and just yeah. he was carrying the ball more than our running backs. It was 
I'm never in favor of that. You know, you paid him this big contract. He's this type of player. You're you're so invested in his weapons on the outside and Goddard, Smith, and A.J. Brown. Smith's not getting paid yet, but he will soon. And I just think it's kind of stupid to not utilize those guys when, you know, your running back room is combined $6 million. So it's just you got to use the assets that you have money put in. Agreed. I agree. So now let's take us in to the early uh, weeks late. We got for week 10, we have the Jags versus the 40 Winers in Jacksonville. 49ers are favored by three going in uh, to Duvall. I'm liking the, the Jags here. Um, I just, Brock Purdy is, I think, is finally showing his true colors in the NFL. I so. agree, Chase. And Doug Peterson's a smart coach. Yeah, he's an offensive guy, but he's going to he's gonna know how to handle Purdy. He was a former quarterback himself. And I really think they're going to be dialing up a lot of blitzes. They're going to get Josh Allen involved early. And, yeah, I mean, playing down in Jacksonville, both teams are off a bye. We saw this last year with Trevor Lawrence, a little bit of a slower start. And then, you know, really from week 10 to 16, 17, he had the best numbers in the league for many quarterbacks. So I think he, coming out of this bye, he had a sprained knee similar to the Jalen Hurts injury. That's going to be all good to go. And I really think this Jags team has a lot of potential you know Calvin Ridley came out to a hot start he's been slowed down I think he's gonna get right and you're getting Zay Jones back too which goes a long way because now you can put Kirk back in the slot and really it makes it harder to double team Calvin Ridley so Evan Ingram also coming back uh I like I like this Jags offense I like ETN running the ball and they got options other than him you know they got the rookie Tank Dell or not Tank Dell Tank Bigsby and um Jamal Agnew competent runner so I'm bought in on this Jags team. I think they got one seed potential just with how easy their schedule is, and I like them over the Niners right along there with you, Chase. Yeah, I mean, the AFC South, um, what I'm looking at, you got the Jags, Titans, uh, Texans, and... The Colts, know, I, it's a shame. I, think, I really think the Colts would have been fun if Anthony Richardson doesn't If Anthony out. Richardson played, I do think they're fighting the Jags for the number one seed in the AFC South. Just because, I mean, Shane Steichen looks like a very good head coach right now. Um, for sure. Putting and up then, the offensive numbers, even with, you know, Gardner Minshew, who hasn't started, you know, multiple games since the Jacksonville days. And, you know, he's still proven, like, hey – under Shane Stike, and I can sling it, and we can run it with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and Zach Moss was a good acquisition to take a little bit of that load off JT. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think they kind of hit a home run draft in uh, Josh Downs at wide receiver, too. He's been really popping off. Yeah. But for my final take of the uh, 49ers, uh, I, I do like the Jaguars. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a game. Both teams coming off a bye, so they're both fully rested. Um, no excuses. Yeah, there's no excuses. Um, I just – I just can't see Brock Purdy keeping his above-average quarterback play. I mean, the fact that they were almost talking about him in the MVP race four weeks in, <laughs> I thought was ridiculous. That um, was laughable. It's very laughable because he, he's just a product of the system. He doesn't do anything. He Surrounded amount, by all pros, too. Surrounded by all pros, an amount of yards after catch these receivers get is ridiculous. I mean, it's just 
80 plus for each of them and it just shows like Brock, I don't see Brock Purdy throwing a deep ball once I don't see any highlight of that anytime I just see slant here crosser here all right or or it's like when in the few cases that he does it's like okay McCaffrey just got the ball five times in a row now they're running eight deep right like blitzing eight guys yeah. and then you get a one-on-one with Ayuk and Debo and it's like yeah one of them's gonna win yeah so make a throw a high schooler could make yeah with a receiver 10 yards open I'm just I just don't see Brock Purdy succeeding the weeks moving forward and I said this a bunch of times before I don't see him as a competent QB in the NFL I just think he's a product of the system and I think that system's gonna fail because he isn't that good of a quarterback and when you don't have your all pro receiver you're not gonna do well and that's proven time after time when Debo's been out um even when Jalen Hurts didn't have AJ Brown he still can get it done yeah, he uh, took I, that team to the playoffs before we even got A.J. Brown. That team yeah. was projected to win. Our over-under on wins was four and a half. We won nine games. Yeah, that team was bad. That team wasn't that good either. Defensively, nah. they, were, they weren't they were good. Um, Coming off a terrible year. Terrible year, and the offensive weapons weren't Rookie head good. coach. Yep. Like, come on. That's what makes you great when the odds are stacked against you and you still win. But now, Chase, let me put you on the spot here and ask you something. What would it take you to be a Brock Purdy believer what does he need to do for you to say okay he's he's a bona fide starter in the league I for me I need to see big time throws making big time plays when it counts I need to see for example when they um, not against Arizona not against, against a team like Philly yeah I like see. uh I forget I forget the game he threw back-to-back picks on back-to-back drives it was prime time uh, I'm blanking. I just remember he threw back-to-back picks on um, back-to-back drives. I, that would have been against Minnesota. I think it was Minnesota. Yeah, 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 Minnesota. It was back-to-back drives. He blew the game for them. That's, that right there is a make-or-break for me as a quarterback. Like, right there, if he led the team down and the 49ers win that game, I'm okay. Against some terrible defense. They Vikings defense is terrible, but I would be like, they're down. They're down like three or four. That's what no. That's what I'm saying. Like throwing two picks against that defense is so no. Crazy. I understand. Well, I'm just saying like they're down three or four. If he gets a touchdown here, they win the game. All right. Okay. I'll be like, okay, Brock. I see you. I I see them. Like you're making improvements in the NFL, but right. he, he failed twice. So I don't I don't <laughs> see him being a competent QB for years to come. And I think the end of this you know season of the NFL is going to be you know the tale of his career chase i'm gonna go out on a whim here and i'm gonna put who i think he will be and what his nfl career will be like and that's ryan Tannehill. ryan Tannehill's not good enough to carry a team he's not good enough to win when the odds are against him but he can win some games you know when the situation's right when the run game's there but you just reminded me of that ryan Tannehill game where against cincinnati in the playoffs when his three interceptions came up, 12 sacks first drive of the game first drive of the second half last drive of the game and that was it down went the one seed titans so you know and i mean the second derrick henry's not going for two thousand yards and aj brown stops taking slants for 80 yards Tannehill's nothing he just got benched for will levis yeah i agree that's a good comparison now moving on to our next 
game. The Ravens versus the Browns in Baltimore. A big AFC North matchup. Huge. Just two dog teams. I mean, just two defensive gritty teams. One a top defense and another one right behind them. Both top, top defenses. Both right top now, three. Both top three. Baltimore leads the league in sacks. Um, probably the best two linebackers in the NFL with Patrick Queen and um, Roquan o- Smith. Only other even competition would be Fred Warner and Greenlaw. That's the yeah, only. But to and me, I'll take I'll take Roquan and Pat Queen. I'll take Roquan and Pat Queen together. Yes, Fred Warner. I think Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the NFL. In the NFL, but those two together, I think you know are better than Fred and Drake Greenlaw. I don't know how Pat Queen fell to Baltimore. He was like one of the best defensive players coming out of that draft. He had a great season at LSU. Huge part of that 2019 championship team, and he just falls right into yeah. Baltimore's lap. Yeah, and now he's playing outstanding. Corn, you know, and Marlon Humphrey's back. That's yeah. the thing about Pat Queen. He runs like what a four four. Yeah, he's, he's a freak. Yeah. Kyle Hamilton looks great. Second year player, Marlon yeah. Humphrey's back. You know, they this team's this team's dangerous. In, coming back, Marcus yeah. Williams coming back, like studs all over the defense, and they're coached by a good coach in John Harbaugh. Yeah, and. You know, Lamar's playing great. I think the Ravens don't cover. I don't think they cover minus six. I th- and this is my lock of the week. Chase's lock on small town big takes is Ravens minus three against the Browns. Yes, the Browns have a great defense. But do you trust Deshaun Watson? No. no. Let me, let, let's have a conversation about how bad Deshaun Watson is and how bad his contract is. It probably is the worst contract in the NFL. But... We'll be getting into the second worst contract in the NFL <laughs> just later in this episode. Yeah, Hon- I mean, if you're me, like, when I watch PJ Walker throw touchdowns and actually lead that team, I would rather have PJ Walker on a million dollar, one year, one million dollar deal than Deshaun Watson on whatever his like seven year, two fifty guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson has six passing touchdowns this year. Not even 1,000 yards yet, and we're going into week 10. Yeah. So, not good. He has not the weapons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's making poor Elijah Moore look like he's going to be out of the league now. Like, you know, Elijah Moore leaves Zach Wilson. He's looking for a better opportunity in Cleveland. Comes in as wide receiver, too, and just, ugh, terrible. Nothing. He's on waivers in fantasy football now. Yeah, it's just nothing. I mean, they just don't target, and he's you have Deshaun Watson throwing the football. That's the problem. Yeah, and, I mean, good offensive line, former coach of the year. Though I'm not a huge Stefanski guy. He did win yeah. coach of the year for a reason. I like Jim Schwartz as defensive coordinator. Oh, he proved, yeah. proved it in Philly, won the Super Bowl in Philly, took took some time off, went back to Cleveland, and now is succeeding again. And I'm, He's got I don't that think anyone's surprised. Coming. Yeah, no. I don't think anyone's surprised. He's a great defensive coordinator. Agreed. I would definitely agree on that. So, with that game, I'm going to take Baltimore. Um, I'm not going to tell you to take the points, but I just think as long as Lamar Jackson's healthy, this team is a wagon, both on offense and defense. And, you know, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, and Pat Mahomes have dead-even odds right now for the MVP, and I think that's well-deserved. They've been the best three quarterbacks in the league this year for my money. Yeah. I think Joe Mahomes... Burrow's heating up, but... Joe Burrow's heating up. I just think, you know, the way he played in his first, like, four, five games, just, I think is going to lead him out of the race. But my problem is with the MVP race, I think Mahomes gets too much love. Gets too much love. 
Yeah, the old, the other thing I'll give Mahomes another benefit of the doubt with is that the Chiefs lead the NFL in um, drop balls. So he's got a drop problem, but still, you got the best tight end. You got a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. Good old like, line, run game. Yeah. So, you know, here comes the excuse train, but. I know. And then, like, you look at, like, last week in Miami, 178 yards, two touchdowns, and that was in the first half, and he didn't do anything the rest of the Did, game. They, he laid an egg in the second half, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like. Like I, I just think there's too much Mahomes love. To to me, like if someone, if Jalen Hurts or Lamar did that, everyone's talking about it on TV. Oh, I mean, remember the, after the Jets game, it was like Jalen Hurts just like murdered some babies. Like yeah. you would have thought this guy was like a criminal. Like he was getting shredded by the national media. This is his two colors. Jalen Hurts is it a winner? Like oh my gosh. Yeah, but then yeah. when Mahomes puts up 178, two touchdowns. And beats Miami just because Tyreek Hill fumbled, like. You and know. Waddle Waddle got hurt too early, yeah. but he came back in, but he wasn't the same. No, so I just I'm sick of the Mahomes love in the MVP race from the NFL media, you name it. But that brings us into our next game, talking about MVP race: Texans versus the Bengals. In Cincinnati, Cincinnati coming off two big wins, Joe. Three, really, three. Well, three, yeah. Joe, um, I got a thoughts? strong, strong, strong feel on this one. I'm all over Cincinnati minus six and a half, and get it while you can at six and a half, because I don't feel the same about it if it goes to that full touchdown at minus seven. But I like Cincinnati winning by a touchdown. They're coming off a win against Seattle, San Francisco, and the Bills, all in dominant fashion. And the Texans, they got a bad defense, and they're coming off a big emotional win. They won 39-37 over the Bucks last week. Not a great team. Great win. C.J. Stroud looked amazing. He is legit. We will talk about that a little bit more in a sec, but... Jamar Chase or not, I got the Bengals and I got a minus six. The defense is flying around, forcing turnovers. T. Higgins is coming alive, just had a 100-yard game, and I'm all over the bat. Second week in a row, staying at home. Love the Bengals here. I think this is a flat. I mean, but before this game um, that C.J. Stroud just had, the line was, it opened up at like minus nine for Cincy, and it went all the way down to six and a half. So I still like the Bengals. They're the better team, and I just think it's too tall of a task for C.J. Stroud right now to go into Cincinnati and take down a hot Joe Burrow. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think you know, C.J. Stroud can have a very good game. I I know the Buccaneers' defense is good. But you're going against the Cincinnati offense, and I just don't think that Texans' defense can hang in. You know, maybe too they young. can go strong. I think they're too young. They got some playmakers. I just don't think they hang in. I think since he wins by a touchdown, uh, could be a shootout if you know Texans play well. They're just playing hot. They're playing yeah, I, hot ball. I they're do like the over. I do yeah, like the over too. They're hot right now. It's hard not to take the over in this. And CJ Stroud's just been balling. He's just been balling. That's a final like you know final thing. Like he's been balling with a rookie in Tank Dell with. Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, like make Noah Brown yeah, and Noah Brown, game. Yeah. yeah, like you know, you're naming like we're naming receivers that you're like, who is that? You and didn't know the any, any three of those guys before a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like they're just not 
not heard of. And they're then not CJ household St- names, yeah. No, and CJ Stroud's making them look like household names. So I think the Texans have a very bright future with CJ Stroud. But I just think, you know, against the Cincinnati team who's very hot right now. Both both teams are hot, but Cincinnati's beating some pretty darn good teams. I'll take Cincy minus seven. Now, bringing us in to our last game, a very, I think, could be game of the week, Lions versus the Chargers in L.A. Lions favored minus two and a half. Joe, you like yeah, that? I do. I like them coming off the bye here. I think the Chargers are starting to get thinned out at wide receiver. They come into the year with the top five, top seven wide receiver core, but then all of a sudden Mike Williams out for the year. Josh Palmer just goes on IR, and Keenan Allen's still great, but now you can double him up because Quentin Johnston, unfortunately, and I'm, I'm all all wrong on this one. I was I thought he would have been the best receiver out of the first four taken in that first round, and he's clearly the worst right now. Worst numbers, looks the worst from the eye test, and he's just not producing. He's getting the targets now. He's in a bigger role, and he's coming up short for the Chargers. So this offense is really limited now down to Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert is nursing that thumb injury Lions off a bye going into LA it's not really much of a home field advantage all their fans are still in San Diego I'll still never understand that move but the Lions are getting healthy David Montgomery's coming back Amon Ra does not have surprisingly an ankle injury right now Jameer Gibbs is healthy Laporta looks real looks like the best rookie tight end right now out of that stacked tight end class and I'm just I'm liking that Dan Campbell Lions energy. Um, the defense has been okay. They had a rough go against Baltimore. They got lit up. But, um, you know, the Chargers going to be on a short week, played on Monday night against a physical defense. Yeah, they made them look silly, but, you know, that Jets defense still beats you up, and I, I really do like the Lions here. I'm not going to call it my lock of the week, but it's probably my second strongest feel out of this whole slate. I love the Lions. And, you know, the public's with me. 96% of the bets are coming in on the Lions, minus 2.5, and, and 93% of the money line bets right now. It's only Tuesday, but are coming in on the Lions, minus 130. Yeah. Um, I like the Lions here just because I just think the Chargers are too banged up. If they weren't too banged up, I th- I definitely would take the Chargers. Might the Chargers healthy scary. The yes. Chargers are like the Ravens. Like, they need to fire every one of their athletic trainers. Yeah. You got people punching, you know, Tyrod Taylor's lungs. And Staley. Staley oh, needs to go. Oh, yeah. Geez. Staley has yeah. to go. He cannot be there. They need an offensive-minded coach. Clearly, your defensive-minded coach isn't helping your worst-ranked defense. You know, Chase, let me drop a Staley stat on you. Chargers lead the league in most big plays. Big plays are classified by 40-plus-yard plays. The Chargers have let up nine this year. 40-plus-yard plays. Yeah. Like, that's how you lose games. That's a, that's a full, you know, you're in field goal range. You get a 40-yard play. Yep. So, unreal. Unreal. It is. And, you know, as a defensive-minded coach, ownership's questioning why you're letting up all these plays. Um, Staley and, needs to go. And the ownership's got to be so mad because they're top five in spending money on defense, and yep. they're still terrible. And Staley's a defensive coach. So I, I really don't get how he still has the job. We've talked about it before. All the huge games he's blown, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. My only concern for the Lions is how they played against the Raiders. They didn't look too hot, and I think 
playing against some defensives, I don't think Detroit might be able to hang in. I think they're I think their offensive's good, but I don't know if they'll be good enough to really make a playoff push this year. I think they make I think they win the NFC North. I just you know, the Vikings just lost Kirk Cousins. I think if Kirk Cousins stayed healthy, the Vikings might have a chance. They were playing good football. But, you know, I think Detroit's a lock to win the NFC North and I think they should take this game just because of the injuries and how bad the Chargers defense has been playing. Yes, they have the star power on the defensive side, but just, you know, overall they just haven't been playing together and just not as a good defense. So I do see the Lions taking this game um, just because I think they're the better team and they can pass the ball, they can run the ball, they can beat you in a lot of ways better coached ben johnson's gonna be a head coach next year if he if he decides he wants to be he could have been this year but he he liked what they were building in detroit really bright young offensive mind they are lucky to have him yeah but chase speaking of those stars on that defense derwin james great game last night but after the game went up to aaron Rodgers uh, for a little post game dap and said hey when you coming back and Rodgers said any week now he did retract that statement a little bit on pat mcafee but Nonetheless, he's walking around with uh, no crutches, no boot. He's doing dropbacks pregame. I mean, this Jets team could be scary if they get number yeah. eight back. If they get number eight back, they're going to be scary. My thing is, how are you coming back from a torn Achilles? I don't get it. In less than 100 days. <laughs> I have It's, no, it's, kinda it's like, insane to me. I only thing close to it I've seen is Cam Akers came back from one in like seven months. Yeah. But even that, that kind of went to show, like, he forced it because now he just tore his Achilles, unfortunately, again. So I don't know if it fully recovered. Yeah, it's just... I've never had the injury, but I hear it's one of the worst you can have, really. Yeah, it is. And, you know, for Aaron Rodgers to say that and think he's coming back, I mean, if the Jets, you know, hang in and win just a couple more and he comes back, I maybe they're a playoff team. But to me, I just... I'm taking my odds on a torn Achilles not being able to fully heal in less than 100 days. I just don't see how it's possible to play football again right after, you know, that injury without giving it at least seven months of recovery, rest, you name it. And Chase, they still got some tough games left to play. I mean, they got to play Miami twice. They got to play Buffalo again. They got to play Cleveland. Raiders, I mean, they're not great. They got to play them this week. Um, Commanders, not an easy game. They got to play the Texans, so they don't really have any layups in the schedule remaining, which is you know a problem. But yeah. if and they got Atlanta, who's fighting for the division. It's not a layup. They should be able to win that game, but I don't know. I mean, it's just such a shame because they would have been so fun to watch with Rodgers, and I truly think they could have gone to the bowl. Yeah, I agree. But. Bringing us into another team in New York, and probably the second worst contract in the NFL, Daniel Jones goes down, tears his ACL this past week. It is a shame, you know, to see this many injuries in the NFL this year. Um, it seems like there's a new uh, season-ending injury every week. Um, but if I'm the Giants' GM. I am saying we need to cut Daniel Jones. 
the contract that he has four years over was 160 mil in four years he's getting paid close to 40 million a year is ridiculous he doesn't deserve that kind of money they're one of the worst offensives in the entire NFL and that's because of Daniel Jones you need to cut him you need to move on you need to eat whatever the money you guaranteed him all right you eat it you just all right we're gonna cut you we eat it we draft a quarterback that's how I see. It. I think you just got to eat the contract. The GM messed up. You can't have him be your quarterback for the future. He's ruining your franchise. Yes, you made the playoffs. Congrats. But you look terrible after the first round against the worst defense in the league in the Vikings last year. And you had the easiest schedule in football. Exactly. You need to cut Daniel Jones. You need to get rid of him, eat the contract, admit you messed up, draft a quarterback, and let Brian Dable finally have someone competent to run an offense with. Because Daniel Jones is just not. You look on the sideline, and Brian Dable is shaking his head every time Daniel Jones steps back and makes a pass. You see it. He is a bad QB. Cut him. Chase, you know what I could see happening and I think would be hilarious. So Kyler Murray's coming back for the Cardinals now. I think that puts the Giants in contention to have the worst record in the league and get the first overall pick. Tell me it wouldn't be a giant move to take Marvin Harrison Jr. first overall and try and spin it back with Dan Jones. I it could see a giant see. thing. I, I could see that. I really could. I could easily see that. What are you going to Like, when you think about it, if you're not going to get rid of Dan, you can't trade him. No one wants him. No one's going to no. want him coming off a 20 Not ACL. one GM in the league is taking him with that contract. No. Promise you that. So, and he's out the rest of Tyrod Taylor, I mean, you're not going to win games with him. And DeVito, nice you're not going to. Yeah, nice backup. You're not going to win anything with DeVito. He'll be out of the league by next year. Yeah, so you're going to lose out. What, do you, what are you going to do? You're going to take a receiver, top Chase, five? This team isn't going to be favored in one more game the rest of the nope. season. They shouldn't be. They're, They're the 16-point dogs to the Cowboys this week. They're worse than the Cardinals. Yeah, they are. I would take the card. The Cardinals almost beat them head-to-head before Murray came back while yeah. they still had Dan Jones. I mean, yeah, it's it's ugly in New York. It's very really, ugly. Really, really ugly. I mean, I we called it last year, Jason. I literally was like, the Giants haven't had success in so long. They get a little sniff of the playoffs. They're going to overreact and pay Dan Jones. They paid Barkley, too, which I wouldn't have done. I mean, now they're working him like crazy for no yeah. reason. I, I would just sit him the rest of the year. They're giving him 36 touches in a game like like this is 1980 again. I know. It's ridiculous. It's just a. It's going to be a poverty franchise, you know, very soon. It's been one. I mean, what have they done since 2011? I know. And even yeah. then, they were like 9-7, and seven, went on a Cinderella run again with Eli. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm so thankful to be a Birds fan. I love it. Yeah, they're just they're just going down the crapshoot, and I, and they're just they're digging themselves a bigger hole. It seems like every single time they make an off season uh, decision. You know? Yeah, you know what, Chase? I'm gonna keep it right in New York. We're going up uh, up north a little bit, though. Are the Bills regressing? I think they are. They're now five and four, seventeenth in offense, seventeenth in defense, twenty third ranked special teams. It might be time for a new coach. You know, give credit to Sean McDermott. He went in there with to a dysfunctional at the time organization and he built something. 
but it really feels like he's kind of maxed out his ceiling. The defense is, you know, less than middle of the pack this year, and that's his side of the ball. Anytime there's a head coach and their side of the ball is not doing well, I start, you know, raising some concern. Yeah, you have to. That's your specialty, and you're not doing good at it, so why are you still head coach? You you have Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, James Cook. A first dec- round tight end. First round tight A decent, you know, O-line. Why aren't you hired? James Cook took a step. Yeah. He did. He's playing well. He is. I had him written off. I was like, he wouldn't be in the league if he wasn't Dalvin Cook's little brother. But, he, no, nah, he's playing. He's playing for real this year. He's playing. He's playing well. They are asking Josh Allen to go out there, find a way to win, be – be Superman, throw it down the field 40 times, do this, do that. They need someone who can run an offense correctly, who can play call correctly. Establish a real run game. Exactly. And if they establish those things, yes, you have the playmakers, you have the quarterback to do it. You just need someone The right to home, come con- in there. home field advantage. Yeah. When Instead Brian did. Yeah. When Brian Dable was there, Josh Allen's, you know, turnovers. We're almost half what it is now without him. So just even that statistic right there, it's like, all right, you bring in someone who can run an offense, play call, connect with a quarterback, make them better, Josh Allen's gonna Josh Allen's gonna succeed. This Bill's offense is gonna succeed. As soon as he leaves, everything has gone down a crapshoot. They haven't found the right guy for Josh Allen and for this offense in particular. I mean Stephon Diggs should easily be putting up 100 yards a game. Uh, Gabe Davis, like, 50-plus a game. Like, these are good, you know, receivers. Gabe Gabe Davis didn't touch the ball once last week. Yeah. Not one touch. That shouldn't be in your offensive game plan. One target. One target. You know? I mean, yeah, Yeah, he's he's a 4-4 runner, you know? Get him going on some goes. Yeah. So, right now, it just looks like Buffalo is – Heading in the wrong direction when a lot of people there's a there's a bigger chance they miss the playoffs than make the Super Bowl. I'm gonna go yep. out and say it. And I agree. Five and four, it doesn't look pretty looking at a Super Bowl. No. Let me tell you that. So. Not especially with like how good the AFC is. I mean, pretty much the Browns, Ravens, and Bengals, and the Steelers. I mean, their schedule forgiving. But like all those teams are in the playoffs right now. If it ended today, Buffalo wouldn't be in. Yeah. So. Not but, great, but I I do see Buffalo getting it over the Steelers just because the Steelers quarterback is probably bottom tier in the NFL and I know you do have something to say on this. I do, Chase. So for starters, 34 teams in NFL history have started their first 8 games and been outgained in every single one of them. The Steelers are the only one of those 34 teams to have a winning record. And I'll tell you it is not because of Kenny Pickett. Chase, there's no wow in his game. Where do you see, when you watch Pickett, where are you like, okay, like, like say you're watching Lamar, A-plus speed, great pocket awareness, like Jalen Hurts, great deep ball, unstoppable on fourth and one, like there's, there's special, you know? Josh Allen can throw the ball 70 yards, there's special. Joe Burrow's got the clutch gene running through his vein, he's got that Brady poise. Where do you see it with Pickett? I don't see anything, to be honest. Um... Nothing. Can we take a look at George Pickens, like, wanting to leave because of how bad Pickett is? Yeah, he took the Steelers out of his bow. He, he was quoted saying, excuse my language, man, this shit ain't it. 
on the yeah. bench right after his teammate just scored a touchdown because he's just you know he's he's upset he's not getting the ball he was arguably the most talented receiver in last year's draft and yeah he's getting no targets not getting the ball and you know i look at Najee harris jalen warren deontay johnson which pickens more than competent tight end and pat fryermuth hall of fame coach tj watt minka fitzpatrick cam hayward those guys all got a shot to get into the hall of fame it's a solid defense all around top 10 by the numbers and that's why they're winning games it's not because of kenny pickett he's terrible in first halves and i think they're gonna hold on to him too long chase he's the pit kid you know they watched him grow up they reached on him he was in mock drafts they had him going in the third round the steelers which took him in the the way he's playing yeah he should have gone in the third round yeah yeah absolutely and they reached on him and you know i think they're gonna hold on to him he's good at the podium he's a nice kid you know he gets along with the guys in the locker room but he's simply not good enough to be a starting quarterback that carries you and can take when the you know because what happens when tj watts out and deontay johnson's hamstrings flaring up and Najee harris is beat from the workload then what yeah, you know don't like well you can argue perfect situation yeah, like you can argue, hey, he's been the best fourth quarter, you know, quarterback, which Steeler fans are going to argue. What about the f- other 45 minutes of the game? He is one of the worst quarterbacks. You can, All right, 15 minutes, he can play football. All right, sure, you can make a couple passes, lead the team for a field goal or a touchdown because your defense has a turnover touchdown, and they've held the team to 10 points. So all you have to do is go out there, kick a field goal or kick a touchdown or get a touchdown. Like, if you can't be top in the first half and the third quarter then what does the fourth quarter even matter what is that what does the last 15 minutes matter then yeah chase it's also the regression too like last year not great but he had a 63 percent completion percentage this year 61 you know like he's got six touchdowns on the year four interceptions he's just not wow me quarterback rating 81 for reference jalen hurts who just he just uh, only had 207 yards, still at a 130 quarterback rating. Pickett this year's averaging an 81 quarterback rating. Yeah, that's that's not too hot. No, it's terrible, and it's just I've seen enough. He's not crazy. It's not like he's some crazy rusher with rushing upside like you see with a young Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. He's not bringing that to the table. So I'm out on the Kenny Pickett train. I think the Steelers would be smart to move off him. You know. It, at this point, it's not like he's a rookie either, you know? Like, people, yeah. the, the Steelers fans treat him like he's a rookie and, like, you know, we got to give him more time. It's almost been two years now, you know? Like, what more are you waiting for to see? You're going to pay him first, then decide if you want him to be your guy or not? Yeah. Exactly. CJ Stroud's got more touchdown passes through eight games than Pickett does in his whole career. Which is That's, that's what special looks like. That's what special looks like compared to mediocre. Eight at games. Best. And he has more touchdowns than a player who's almost played two full seasons. You tell me who's better. Pretty crazy. And also, it's that C.J. Stroud goes into dysfunctional Houston. Yeah. You know, what were they before he got Terrible there? Terrible defense. Worst, worst no receivers. Last year. Yeah. For rookie head coach. Yeah. Unstable organization. And, you know, the Steelers, they've had three coaches since 1960, and they're all going to be Hall of Famers. Yep. And one is a franchise quarterback, and one's not. Period. Period. And that takes us out from episode 34. Don't act surprised. This is Small Town Big Takes. We'll see you next time on NFL Tuesday.